Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup, oh, blocked by Curry, he got the shot off, oh my god, god, if you didn't like that, you don't like NBA basketball. Welcome back to Coast to Coast, the basketball podcast. I'm Noah Weber, and I'm joined by my co-host, Ian Fain. This is our second episode of the morning, so it's a really busy morning for the both of us. Um, great start to our Friday, though, and we're going to start today's episode off with a Larry Birdle before we get into both of our mock drafts. So here on the Larry Birdle, Ian, I started last episode off, so you can bring <clears throat> us up. Um, let's go with... Bones Highland. Busy Bones. Yeah. If we get this first guess. Okay. Western Conference guard. And he's probably 22 or 23. So he's not in the Northwest, though. So he's 22, 23, 26, 2. Uh, Want to go Luca? Yeah. Yeah, I was just thinking that too. Okay. Right division. Um, he's probably six six and he's twenty-three years old. Six six or six five and he's Oh, I think um didn't Desmond Bain go to college for a few years or no? Yeah, I think he's twenty-three. Okay. Do you want to go Desmond Bain? Yeah, just go dozen band. If not, I think I uh, maybe not actually. Let's yeah, go. Cool. Great start to our episode. Three guesses yeah. in. The coast to coast crew is undefeated in Larry Birdle. All right. With that being said, um, now that we're done with the Larry Birdle, each of us have made thirty pick mock drafts. So both of us put a ton of work into this. Um, it's probably it's I'd say it's my favorite episode of the year. Kind of getting to go mm-hmm. through our mock drafts. Um, Ian, with that being said, you can bring us out with the first overall pick for the Orlando Magic. Uh, the Orlando Magic, I believe, are going to take Jabari Smith, the power okay. forward out of Auburn. Um, mm-hmm. To me, he's just a, a super athletic guy, super lanky. He could play both sides of the floor. Mm-hmm. He could play above the rim. He could shoot. Um, the only thing is, is he is a little lanky and he kind of lacks in strength, but he's super quick, super athletic. And I mean, I believe he is the best prospect in this year's draft. And that's why I think he's going to go number one. Um, I've heard a lot of people um, saying that it's either going to be him, it's going to be Paolo, it's going to be Chet. I've heard a bunch of, bunch of different things for the number one yeah. pick. So it's all kind of um up in arms right now but for now i have him go number one yeah and ian my pick mirrors yours i have jabari smith going number one as well and i feel like although this team i mean they can go best available i feel like they have a nice guard room and i feel like jabari smith immediately is going to fill that kind of hole they have at the four because dude jonathan isaac hasn't played in like two years because he's been hurt so dude plug in Jabari right there and it's going to be it's going to be Cole Anthony Suggs Franz Wagner Jabari and I mean Wendell Carter because I think Mo Bamba um, will more than likely go get a solid contract from someone else and they're going to roll with Wendell Carter so I mean dude plug in Jabari in right there that's a that's a nice young core although Magic are going to Magic I don't think that they're going to do very much even with Jabari but that's a good start because I mean they have the number one overall pick Jabari Smith he's going to be 
He's going to be the first ever first overall pick from Auburn. He was the number two prospect in high school, right behind a guy who also is going to go in the lottery that we're going to talk about later. And his game is just, Mm -hmm. I feel like it's really, really deep offensively. Cause I mean, you, you've seen him in the tournament. I mean, he was just hitting threes off the catch, ridiculous threes off the catch with the defense right in his face. Yeah. Um, I mean, even hitting some stuff off the dribble. And I feel like he is just really, really NBA ready. And being able to play him at the four with a guy who can protect the rim, just like he had at Auburn in college, is going to be really solid for him. He's going to come in. He's going to guard multiple positions. He's going to finish above the rim. And he's going to be a really exciting player to watch in Orlando. And hopefully that young core can thrive with him and Cole Anthony running the show. He is super versatile, and he's only 19. So, like, I feel like as much as people say age doesn't matter in the NBA, yes, it does. It without the does. And um, especially when it comes to drafting players, because they're going to look for the youngest person, Mm because, I mean, that player probably has the most upside. So, um, yeah, I 1,000% agree with you with Jabari Smith being the number one pick. Cool. So moving on to my second pick. I have myself set up to just pick it on the spot, and I think I'm going to go with Paolo Bencaro. Okay. Taking Paolo Bencaro. Um, I feel like everyone knows the name now, playing at Duke. I mean, he's also 19. He's uh, had a great freshman season, um, and, I mean, they made it to the Final Four. He's 6'10", and he can basically do everything on the floor, it seems uh-huh. like. And he um, – him being there alongside Shea, alongside Blue Door, um, just people who can go out and get buckets. He, yeah, he's going to be a, a good threat because he can play by the rim. He can defend mm-hmm. basically all five positions. He's quick. He has lateral quickness. So, yeah, I have him going number two. Okay. So, I really, I really like that pick because that was the pick that if I was Sam Presti, that was the pick that I would be making. But Mm -hmm. does my pick mirror yours? No, it does not. With the second overall pick, I have the Thunder selecting Chet Holmgren. And Chet is a name that everyone's Mm -hmm. grown to learn. I mean, number one prospect coming out of high school. I mean, you can't miss him. Seven, Mm -hmm. just huge seven-foot white dude that his arms go down to his knees. I mean, he, his build is just freakish with his length. And, but the way that he still possesses athleticism and he's able to stretch the floor and, one thing about Chet that people have said is that get the KD comparisons. And I just want to shut, I want to shut those down because he's not, he's not Kevin Durant. I'm not going to, I don't want to knock on him too much before he plays an NBA game, but he's not KD. Although it's two seven footers that can both shoot um, and handle the ball a little bit. I just, I don't see Chet getting to the Kevin Durant level. But um, I don't either. And so, but my number three pick for the Houston Rockets, who just yeah. recently lost their center, I'm going with Chet Holgram. Okay. Um, I've heard a lot of people comparing him to Christoph Rizingas, which I think that's kind of a good comparison. Yeah, just the fact absolutely. that he can stretch the floor and he's a good rim protector. Um, yeah. He's kind of skinny and not very athletic, kind of looks like a deer, like in headlights, kind of running out there. Um, mm-hmm. But I mean, with his size, he's literally, what, 7'1". Yeah. So he can play above the rim, which is awesome to have, uh, especially uh-huh. whenever you have 
somebody like Jalen Green who can facilitate, Josh Christopher who can facilitate. You have people like who are capable of doing um, the offensive work to put the work yeah. in for the big man. So, yeah, I think he is a great fit in Houston. And honestly, I would not be surprised if Houston on draft night, they kind of are thinking, man, they might take the Thunder might take Chet here. I wouldn't be surprised if they try to make a trade to just move up one more spot. Okay. Just to make sure that they get him. Okay, I cool. Think, I think that was the whole reason on why they got rid of Christian Wood, his expiring contract, and they had a number three pick. So they know that they're going to either get one of the top three guys, and those top three yeah. guys could all play the big position. So. Uh-huh. Yeah, I like yeah, that. I think I, I think the Rockets are taking Chet there. Yeah, and you bringing up KP, I forgot to do my – I've done some player comps for a few of these guys. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and hit – I feel like my player comp for the Magic is JJJ for the Grizzlies. I feel like Jaron Jackson Jr. Yeah, plays a lot like Jabari. They're both big. Mm-hmm. Um, they both can go finish above the rim, but they can also stretch it out to the three-point line. So I feel like yeah. JJJ is a pretty good comparison for Jabari. And then – for Chet, I also had KP just for the way that they stressed the floor. But I kind of wanted mm-hmm. to – I didn't get – I didn't talk about Chet um, for very long, but I kind of wanted to talk about um, where Chet's going to fit in with the Thunder if he gets picked there. And dude, he's just going to be – he'll be their rim protector of the future. And that is at the absolute least. That is at his floor is that he will be the rim protector of the future for the Thunder. That's how I feel at least. Unless he's the biggest bust ever, he's going to be a great rim protector in the NBA. And they're going to put someone with star potential in there with Shea. I mean, they have Lou Dor, they mm-hmm. have Trey Mann, they have Giddy. That is a really, really good young core. So bringing in, um, bringing in Chet is going to help a lot. And I said, although I thought Paulo was the safer pick, I have a feeling that the Thunder go with Chet. And he's obviously the best rim protector in his class. He's going to crash the offensive glass. Just, I mean, even with his wingspan, he doesn't have to crash too hard. He's got that size and wingspan that he can just go up and grab boards that a lot of people wouldn't be able to do. And he's going to be a good role man and hit some catch and shoot threes that people are going to realize that although he was playing towards the end of the season, he was playing a lot inside for Gonzaga. He wasn't really getting Mm -hmm. to show his full potential because he was banging down low, which is just not necessarily his game. I feel like once he gets to the NBA, he's going to be able to show his game and show that his game stretches out to the three-point line and force those um, centers to come out there and guard him. So, yeah, I had his yeah. I had his player comp as KP. And my third overall pick, who was your second overall pick, is Paolo Bencaro, uh, the 6'10 forward from Duke. Um, I feel like plugging him in um, with the Rockets would just make so much sense to be that second or third option along Jalen Green and Kevin Porter. I mean, he'll more than likely will be that second option because KPJ loves to facilitate and just his player development has been something off the charts the past few seasons to see him really grow after all those few issues with his first few years playing and the G League, just stuff that not many people expected from Kevin Porter. And then him finally maybe finding a home in Houston is something really cool. And just having another Palo can handle the ball. And I mean, he's really strong. He can play inside out, and it's his the way that he plays the game is perfect for the future of the NBA at the four spot just because he's going to go finish up top. He, what I really like, and this is going to come into my player comparison, dude, his fadeaway is so smooth just watching it, and it really oh, yeah. resembles 
um, a player that I'm going to bring up here in a second. But, yeah, he rebounds well. And, I mean, just his ability to get out and run and transition and go score or find a teammate is something that the Rockets are really going to love. And he's a really good passer at the power forward position. And my pro comp was Carmelo. Let me guess it. Let me get Wait, oh, my bad. No, no, no. You're you're good. You're good. You're good. Who are you going to get? I actually wasn't going to because I have one for him. And I don't have Melo. Okay. It was Carmelo Anthony with better playmaking. That was my comparison. Okay. Mine was Julius Randle. Dude, I like that. I really like that, actually. Yeah. I mean, both – I mean, they're both power forwards that are big and strong. They can also shoot and do stuff on the offensive end. So And then have guard skills Uh, as well. And they have guard skills. Yeah, they can bring the ball up too. So, yeah, that, that's who uh, my player comparison for him was. Okay, yeah, I have a few more player comps. So these – dude, I love draft player comps, so we can keep rolling with Oh, those. yeah. Okay, so number four pick for me, the Kings. I have them selecting uh, the forward out of Iowa, Keegan Murray. Okay. Um, he's someone who I saw a few times in the – um regular season whenever they played Michigan um but yeah I mean he's he's a little on the older side because I mean he just played one year that's crazy to think that now that's how you determine if they're old or not is if they play at just one year in college it's um but yeah he's got two years under his belt he's a sophomore um but yeah I think he has great athleticism he could shoot the ball extremely well and uh, one thing that I do think he could kind of get better at is his passing. Um, he wasn't the greatest playmaker for Iowa, but, I mean, he was the what seemed like the sole part of that team and the only reason why they really were capable of doing things in the regular season and making some noise in the tournament um, was because he could just – flat out play the game of basketball and he could score at will it seemed like but um yeah that's my number four pick for the kings um but this is another pick that i see could be traded back just because all like the four through i think nine i could all see those picks getting traded back because this this draft class has those top three players that we already talked about for a little bit. And then after that, it's a big decline. Mm-hmm. Um, hey, maybe top so, four though. There's one other guy we're going to get to it a little bit. Okay. But yeah, so I, um, that is just what I personally think. I can see that okay. four through nine or four through 10 could be just kind of moved back. Cause I feel like all these, all these teams are still young teams that don't need immediate change right now. So yeah. Um, yeah, I, th- I could just see them kind of sitting back. Yeah. Okay, so my fourth pick um, differs from yours, but that's what this makes this episode fun is that we're to um, – and we got our own picks, so that's fun. And mm-hmm. although Keegan Murray, I do feel like he'd be a great fit there in Sacramento, I feel like if they don't trade back – if they don't trade back, they're going to go with Jaden Ivey. That's just how I'm feeling. I think that he is the obvious – I think he is – I think it goes those top three, Jaden Ivey, and then a whole nother two. I just think Jaden Ivey, mm-hmm. just I, I'm really high on Jaden Ivey. So I have the Sacramento Kings taking Jaden Ivey, the 6'4 point guard from Purdue. And although although their guard room, they do have, I mean, De'Aaron, Davion, and DiVincenzo. That's, that's, why, that's why I didn't really think 
Jane, I mean, I totally agree with you that Jaden Ivey is a top four player in the draft class. Mm -hmm. I'm really high on him as well, but yeah, I just didn't think the Kings needed another guard. That was my my whole situation with them not taking him at four. Yeah, I completely agree with you. So well, I'm going to – that's just because you hit exactly on the head of kind of my thought process is just the Kings don't need that other guard. Mm -hmm. But if – whoever's at number four is taking Jaden Ivey, whether that's a team trading up or whatnot, a team is going to take Jaden Ivey. So I have Sack taking Jaden Ivey. Um, I mean, eh, you, know, you know what Jaden Ivey does. I mean, he gets to the rim. He yeah. has that solid handle. I mean, he can get to his spots. He can knock down shots. And he's clutch, too. I mean, dude, the shots he was hitting in the tourney were absolutely ridiculous. I mean, he, oh, yeah. dude, he's he's a big-time player. And I just get those vibes that he is going to be a star in the NBA. Because, I mean, with being a star in the NBA, I feel like you either have that it factor or you don't. And I feel like Jaden Ivey does. So what is your player comp for him? Because I have okay. one for him. Okay. Um, I kind of had two. I okay. had, I had a mixture between I don't know, y'all actually because I I'm not going with my original one so I'm gonna go I'm gonna go with the mixture I have I have a mixture between Dejounte Murray and Victor Oladipo. Okay. Um, mine is Anthony Edwards. Okay. Actually, just someone who could make those big time shots isn't gonna back mm -hmm. down from anyone and. I mean, he has an it factor, you know. Yeah. Like he's dude. He's that, boy there worked. that boy yeah. Kermit. That boy Kermit, man. <laughs> Kermit Wilts. <laughs> Kermit Wilts, man. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, Jay Nivey is gonna be something in the league and, for sure. Yeah. So I'll I'll talk about Jay Nivey for a little bit because he's yeah, going to five pick. Yeah, I go have ahead. Him going to the Pistons. Mm -hmm. Um, I have him playing alongside, uh, Cade Cunningham. I feel like their lineup, if they take him, could be. Kate at the one, you have Jay Nivey at the two, then you go with um uh Sadiq. Sadiq Bay, he'd probably play the four. Yeah. Five are they gonna be able to Isaiah Stewart and then yeah. are they gonna be yeah, able to keep the three would probably be Jeremy um, Grant? Yeah. If or he might play it. that four. Yeah. If they could keep it. That's the biggest thing. That's why I was kind of Mm-hmm. Iffy on saying him at the three or four. Yeah. But yeah, that's that's the really the biggest thing is if mm -hmm. he if they're oh and dude him, Bagley played really well during his time with them. He he did. I don't I don't see him playing over Sadiq or if oh, Grant stays, I don't see him playing me neither. Over me neither. I mean, but that's a that's a good six piece though. Oh, right for there. sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So I think I think Jane Ivy will be my um number five pick for the pistons but this is once again this is another draft pick that i could see being moved uh -huh. dude so i really if i was drafting for fit bro i love his fit with the pistons just because mm -hmm. i think the pistons they need to bring in another guy that can handle the ball and create for himself that's not named and Kate can Cunningham. shoot and yep. can shoot mm-hmm I agree. I mean, we I, saw we saw the the whenever Sadiq Bay was able to shoot, it looked like the Pistons were the best team in the NBA <laughs> when he yeah. dropped that he dropped forty one. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it that whenever you have shooters on your team, it just makes so much life so much easier for especially someone like Cade who has the ball 
a majority of the time. Yeah. So Dude, did yeah, you... it'll just make life easier for him. It spreads the floor. But yeah, so that's why um, I think Jaden Ivey would be a great fit with Detroit. Okay, cool. So with my fifth overall pick, I'm going with a different guard. I'm going with Dyson Daniels, the six foot six guard from the G League. So, dude, really um, kind of getting to watch his game um, the past few days just because, obviously, I wasn't going to go watch any Ignite games. So, coming into yeah. this, I was kind of new on who – I mean, I'd heard the name, but I didn't know much about him. But kind of going through um, some of his highlights and kind of getting a feel for his game, I think that he'd be a really intriguing piece for the Pistons because either him or Cade Cunningham could bring the ball up, and he's six foot six, So, he's going to have that – He's going to have that good length at the guard position. And he's going to – just being able to have someone that can bring the ball up other than Cade is going to really let – that forward position too at six mm-hmm. six. Yeah. yeah, for sure. And I feel like just his feel for the game offensively is really nice. And he looked really nice in the pick and roll. And once he gets in that out of that pick and roll, I mean, he can get downhill and go finish at the rim. And he has just that speed and athleticism to go – blow by certain defenders and although I haven't seen his shot I mean there were flashes that he was going to be a good shooter a good shooter but I'm not 100% sure um, what shooter he's going to be at the NBA but we've seen a lot of players come into the league with not the best jumper but they're in the gym so much that they're able to develop that jumper and with his ability to guard multiple positions play hard and just be a distributor when Cunningham didn't want to be or he's out of the game. I feel like that's something that the Pistons would really, really thrive off of. And my pro comp was young Lonzo Ball with a little bit of Josh Giddy in him. Okay. That's what I saw. Yeah, so um, I have him a little further down on my list, but with the number six pick, I have the Pacers taking Benedict Matherin out of Arizona. Okay. Um, so with him, I think that he, I mean, he's 6'6", 205. I think he could play that four position. And that's something that I think the Pacers kind of need. I mean, they got their youth with Tyrus Halliburton at the guard position. So then they need really that forward to go alongside Miles Turner. And then you have um, – I mean, guys, I feel like Matherin can play that small forward position. I mean, I know that a lot of teams don't even do position basketball anymore. They just kind of put yeah. their best five guys out. Um, but I think this is a this would be a great pickup. I like where the Pacers are at right now. Um, they get this guy, and I think they can compete um, once they get a little older. Because, I mean, Miles Turner's he's getting up there in age, but he's still got some life in him. Then you have mm-hmm. those, the youth and – and Halliburton, you have Buddy Heald, who's a – he could be a spark club on the floor or off the bench. So, yeah, I think that um, Matherin is great just because he is very, very quick. He could play alongside um, someone like uh, Halliburton just because Halliburton's quick. He could dish the ball. And then Matherin's also – he could finish above the rim. So, I mean, you never could really see um, see anybody, you know, go up with him just because I feel like he can just jump out the gym so uh-huh. yeah he can um, him being a lob threat alongside Miles Turner with uh Halliburton I think that's a good little three right there I completely agree and so with my sixth overall pick I have the Indiana Pacers selecting a guy that you had a few going a few picks 
um, before, but I have them taking Keegan Murray. And mm-hmm. I think that the Pacers kind of their need right now is just another, another forward. That's they kind need of, that forward. Yeah. What I was kind of leaning towards. And when I was looking at um, kind of their depth chart, because that's kind of what I do is I, I have the draft order open and then I go look at the team's depth chart and I'm seeing kind of what holes these teams have, because a lot of times some teams will go best available depending on their situation, but also fit is important as well. So they're just in need of that other forward. Cause I mean, TJ Warren's been hurt. Who knows if they're going to trade miles Turner or not. So I think going to get that four that, I mean, either a backup four or starting for Keegan Murray, it would fill that role already. Um, in his first year, that's kind of what I what I feel about him. Just the way that he shoots the ball and that he can just go out and score. He'd be able to space the floor really well um, for the rest of those guys. Because, I mean, if you look at their lineup, they can all shoot the three if you plug him in there right away. I mean, Brogdon, yeah. Halliburton, Buddy Heald, Murray, and Miles Turner, five guys that can play outside, which would be really nice. He's going to come in and he's going to guard multiple positions. He's going to be nice in the pick and pop. And he's just going to be a great plug player. You're going to draft him and you're going to plug him in immediately. And he's going to play his role really well. And my pro comp for him is NBA Finals champ Otto Porter. Okay. So that is also who I had for my player comp for him, actually, was Otto Porter. Yes, sir. Yeah, so, um, yeah, I mean, he's also – he's someone who can stretch the floor. I without saying agree with you. Um, and then also he can play defense too. He uh-huh. can he could lock up on both sides. For um, sure. So my number seven pick to the Blazers, um, this is a team that's kind of locked up. Um, they're guards position, so they, they just need help with the remainder of their team. I mean, they have uh, every Simons – He's kind of doing his thing. Um, you have Dame, who's always going to do his thing. But everyone else on this team is either not safe one or two. Um, they just need improvement at. And so I have them actually taking a center here in Jalen Durant from Memphis. Okay, nice. So he's he's a big body. He, can, he gets rebounds. He's very, very athletic. He's got a 7'5 wingspan, and he – could cover a lot of the ground he grabs rebounds extremely well he could get up he's very strong can play with anybody the only thing that I don't like about him is he can't really stretch the floor and that's something that I think Dame kind of likes because Dame likes just doing his thing and then he I can either dish it to people if needed Uh, Mm -hmm. um, but I do think they need a center just a centerpiece who could go out and just do all the dirty work for the team. Yeah. I mean, I would say 50% of the shots are going to be from their guards anyway. So like Dame and Simons, I feel like that's going to be 50% of your shots in the game. So you need someone to get those rebounds. And someone like Duran, who I have as player comparison, being one of the best rebounders in our the past few years and Andre Drummond. Okay, nice. That's my player comparison. Yeah, dude, because Nurchich, who knows? He might leave in free agency, and he'd be mm-hmm. the immediate – another guys that you can just plug in, and he's going to play. But yeah. my seventh pick, which, dude, I'm really high on this guy. I think he's going to he's gonna be better than where I have him on. He, 
In other words, he's higher on my big board than I have him going in the draft. I have him higher on my big mm-hmm. board than number seven. But with the seventh overall pick, I have the Blazers selecting Shaden Sharp, the six foot six shooting guard from Kentucky, although he didn't play in college. He focused on getting ready for the league. And I think yeah. putting him next to Dame and Simons, if, if Simon stays, because I think he's a free agent as well, I think, dude, he would be dangerous. And just their need for kind of another go-to scorer is, would be filled immediately with Shaden Sharp. Dude, just the way he's so athletic and the way that he just goes and finishes and just punches it on people um, and finishes through contact. He's is super just, athletic. Dude, so athletic. Like, he just looks yeah. like one of those guys that, dude, like he, the like, dude, the way he was throwing in AAU, I was just looking at his stuff, just like throwing down these like, just little drop step dunks, dunks off two. I was just like, dang, dude, like, yeah, so athletic and just he has a good bet. His bag is so nice, bro. I mean, his handle frees him up to get open shots. He's a great shooter and he just brings that hustle. But one thing that I do want to see improve at the next level is um his defense but i think just being in the nba surrounded by nba guys um his effort is going to be accompanied by a new skill that he develops with being in the league and i think he'll be if he gets drafted by portland or honestly whoever takes him is going to have a steal and Shaden sharp so he was actually my next pick i have okay. him at number eight <clears throat> going to the pelicans that would be um, dangerous dangerous for the Pelicans. i think so too the reason why I have him going here is because they have a lot of young guys from that two, three, four positions. They got a lot of young youth right there. Their point guard position is kind of up in air too. So Shane Sharp's not really the greatest of passers, but he could shoot. He could punch on people. And I think that's just adds another vertical threat to alongside with Zion and I mean, whenever you have someone like Brandon Ingram, he's going to bring the ball up a majority of the time. So mm-hmm. you don't, in that situation, you don't really need a point guard. You just need people around him. Yeah. So that, yeah, that's why I have Shane Sharp going to New Orleans. Yeah, man. And um, just if he's able to go with New Orleans, just having another go-to score with CJ, Zion, and B.I. is going to be dangerous. I mean, I was thinking Devontae Graham was going to do big things there, but Dude, I feel like at some points he just – he didn't fall out of the rotation, but he wasn't receiving heavy minutes at all. I agree. Which it was just – I was I kind agree. of shocked by because I really I really like his game, just off the bench, just come in and knock down shots and score. But this isn't a Devontae Graham um, thing we're talking right now. So with my number eight overall pick, I have the Pelicans taking another guard that can go score and I'm taking having them take Ben Matherin who you had going a little earlier the six mm-hmm. foot six shooting guard from Arizona um, I just think kind of I was looking at their needs and I was thinking some someone that can shoot the three because I mean you obviously have um, CJ and BI that are gonna knock down shots and Zion occasionally and Devontae Graham off the bench with some other guys too but if you're looking at their team and kind of what they can bring in, I feel like having another shooter that's playing a bunch of minutes, this is a lottery pick shooter that's coming in. Um, I mean, you saw him hit that huge three um, in the tournament. Actually, I, it was against TCU. So that's, I know it was against TCU yeah. and it's do just that deep three to tie it up and to force overtime. 
And I mean, just he can handle the ball a little bit too. He looks, he ended up taking over in overtime too. Yeah, and they game. they won that game, right? Yeah, yeah, they moved on. So yeah, dude, he's an excellent passer in the pick and roll. Um, he played well with his big, um, Coloco. That that is a really good, really good duo with, and he he dude Valanchunas is one of the most underrated bigs in it. He gets his, Jonas Valanchunas. Gets yeah, he'll his. he'll always get his. Mm-hmm. He'll always he's, get his dude, for sure. He, he'd be nice with J Val. Um, I mean, he's an athletic finisher in transition. You're going to see him throw down some nasty dunks. That would be a walk, walk and highlight reel with him and Zion Williamson playing both in the smoothie King arena. And he's going to defend well mm-hmm. on and off the ball and just having a guy that you're going to be able to go to, to knock down shots and just score when he needs to would be really nice for the Pelicans. So that's why I have been after him going at eight. Uh, so number nine pick is going to San Antonio. Um, here I have them taking uh, someone who is already the age of 22 and Abaji out of Kansas. Okay. Um, I feel like they need um, just kind of a, a, a shooting guard to pair alongside Johnson and uh, Murray. I think this is just someone who we saw him can make big shots. He could shoot. A lot of people have been down his passing, but, I mean, we saw great passing from him mm-hmm. in the tournament. I mean, the, he's part of the reason why KU made it so far. Dude, he's yeah. a winner. He's a winner. And he's an overall winner. Mm-hmm. That's that's the biggest thing. He's an overall winner. The yeah. reason why I have him going at nine and not anywhere higher is because he already is the age of 22. I yeah. feel like that's kind of something that's steering um, a lot of teams away from him is just because he is – he is older, and he's not yeah. super shifty and creative as a ball handler, um, in which a lot of people like um, at the guard position. But um, I personally think that he's a great addition to the Spurs and can be very dangerous. Um, yeah. That Spurs team is super, super young, and once they get things turned around, you can never doubt the Spurs. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like bringing in just that winner at that spot um, is something that Pop would love. And mm-hmm. I mean, he's 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 going to play his role and he's going to play that three and D. But my pick is a little different. But at number nine, I have the Spurs taking Johnny Davis from Wisconsin. Um, okay. I, I Just like you said, they kind of DeJounte Murray needs that sidekick. And I feel like that Johnny Davis could really step in and fill that Um just at the two, I feel like he'd be an excellent fit next to DeJounte Murray just for his ability to score at all three levels. And, dude, he has a nice-looking shot, but um, he can also kind of score a little bit with his back to the basket with a little turnaround, a little fade, and also finish at the rim. I kind of was watching his highlights, and, dude, when he was he was getting downhill, he has a nice bag. I mean, he'd go into a hop step or an up and under or just something that would free him up, and that's something that I think that – immediately at the Spurs he's going to be a scoring threat and he just the way that he plays defense and has a feel for the game defensively he would fit in perfectly in the Spurs system looks like yeah. we might be I, mean, I, I think there's a lot of players I hear you okay cool cool can you hear me yeah I can, can hear you, you hear dude. I just yeah I can I just couldn't hear you for like when I was talking about Johnny Davis, I couldn't hear you for a second. And it looks like 
right now on your camera, it looks like you have that one filter on like the camera roll on MacBook where it looks like you're a painting. Like you look like a, you look like a painting right now on our Zoom call. That's funny. <clears throat> but yeah, I mean, I 1000% agree with you. There's a lot of players I feel like that could um, fit in that Spurs rotation. And I mean, Johnny Davis, he's an offensive threat, which those Spurs, um, that whole team just loves offensive threat players. I mean, we uh -huh. saw Tony Parker and, and Ginobili and just what they could do at that position, just get their own with Will. And then they just awesome. worked super, super hard. They're overall winners. And Johnny Davis is a winner. I mean, we Absolutely. saw basically he carried that entire Wisconsin team to uh, a great 2022 season. Mm -hmm. He did. So moving on uh to the number 10 pick the washington wizards um i have them selecting dyson daniels uh but this is someone i would not be surprised if the spurs just with him being a uh just him being a out of u.s prospect um him being someone that can play it seems like multiple positions and I feel like the Spurs love those players um, they love everyone that just gives heart and they love international players the Spurs have always loved international players and so this is not this is someone that I think could go at nine to San Antonio but for now it's going to stay in Washington and I think Dyson Daniels is that pick that I think he's just the best available um, they don't really need a two or three on the Wizards. Um, they kind of need someone to play that guard position, and Dyson Daniels was able to do that. I mean, like you said, he's kind of like a mix of Josh Giddy, just kind of like a taller guard who can facilitate, and I think he's he's that guy who could shoot, he could facilitate, and he could play alongside some big-name stars. Yeah, man, I feel like you could plug him in immediately with Washington, and he would be that starting one just because there's so much uncertainty there with Ish Smith and – Sadoransky isn't the answer for a starting one yeah. for a team that wants to win. So, I mean, immediately plugging him in with lob threats, with KP, with shooters around him, with Beal and KCP, and another wing mm -hmm. that can kind of score in a bunch of ways with Kuzma would be perfect just because he wouldn't have a ton of pressure to go out, drop, I mean, 20 points a night. I mean, he'd be in there yeah. just kind of facilitating, getting his feet in the ground, playing in the NBA. and yeah, that would for sure be something fun to watch if the Wizards take him. But I think with my 10th overall pick, I have a guy who you had going a few picks before. I have the Wizards taking Jalen Duran. And I was what I had their needs of is I had their biggest need is that starting point guard just because um, they do need that lead guard. But also one thing that I learned with um, – watching KP in Dallas is that he does not like playing the five. He he's a four. Mm -hmm. He fits, he fits a lot better at the four. And that's why I feel like Jalen Duran is a great pick there. It keeps their hundred million dollar man and Kristaps Porzingis happy that he can play the four and play outside. Um, and it also brings in a young guy that is going to be that defensive anchor. And they're going to have two elite rim protectors in the starting lineup with KP and Jalen Duran. He's Jalen Duran's going to come in there. He's going to block shots and he's going to battle with whoever 
is going to back him down. Although I kind of want to see him um, get a little bit better off the ball just with movement and whatnot. Um, he's going to play solid defense. And then offensively, you're going to kind of see him um, finish lobs and run the rim and just get out running in transition. I mean, he he's very athletic and he's one of those guys that you're just going to see um, probably throw down some ferocious dunks and just use his athleticism and size to do his best to dominate on the boards. Although I do want to see him develop a little bit offensively. He, at, at this point, he's just going to be that lob threat guy. Yeah, I agree. And uh, moving on to the 11 pick, I feel like the New York Knicks are going to take A.J. Griffin, the forward out of Duke. Um, I just think that they need help just anywhere they can get alongside uh, <clears throat> Julius Randle. And A.J. Griffin's that guy. He's someone he could shoot lights out. I mean, he might be one of the best shooters yep. in this draft. I mean, he might if be one of the best, best shooters in this draft, if not the best. And him being alongside there with someone like Quickly and um, Randall. Randall can be that kind of enforcer that we've all seen him do. Um, just kind of punish the rim and all that stuff. And you can have AJ, AJ Griffin just kind of in the corner. Um, and then he can also play defense. He's, he is decent. I mean, he's not, he's not someone who's going to go up there and just lock your best player down, but he's someone who can definitely lock up if need be. Uh-huh. Um, he does a good job on just staying close to defenders and keeping the ball away from who he's marking. So I think that he's a great pick. He has good athleticism. And I think the Knicks will, um, if he's available, I think that's who they're going to draft. Yeah, man. Um, I think that would be a great pick. I have him going here in a little bit. And just talking about the Knicks, um, something that they have kind of been without um, for a while and that they need to find if they want to rec- return to being the New York Knicks that we saw um, in before our lifetime pretty much when they were out there winning rings is they kind of need that point guard of the future. Um, something that mm-hmm. can just run the show um, at the garden, but I don't think that that point guard of the future is in this draft. So I have them taking another guard that they can immediately plug their plug in there with quickly and RJ Barrett. I've been taking um, Malachi Branham, the guard from Ohio State. Okay. And he's he's a guy that I got to watch a decent amount um, this past year, just because my uh, my roommate Noah, he you know he loves he loves Ohio State. So I probably other than Oklahoma State, the team that I watched most this past season was Ohio State, just because I mean if it's six o'clock and it's on, I can't remember what days they played, like Tuesday or something. They they would be on Ohio State would be on, and so I got to watch a lot of him and. EJ Liddell, who we'll both get mm-hmm. to later, I'm sure. But yeah. he's going to immediately come in and be that 3 and D guard um, for the Knicks. And Malachi Branham is just a guy that just shooting, he's going to shoot off the dribble or off the catch. And if he's not knocking down threes, he's going to get to his spots inside the arc, whether that's a pull-up J or get all the way to the bucket and score. Um, that's actually who I have the Thunder taking at this next pick at number 12. I have them okay. taking Malachi Branham. Um, I feel like the um, Thunder just kind of need a just three-level scorer who can just shoot at will. Um, he can get to his spots. He can 
facilitate if need be, but I mean, he's going to be playing alongside Shea, who could also shoot at will. Um, so I think him playing alongside there, he has good size, he has good athleticism. He could do basically everything on the floor, everything you could ask. So I, I like just an overall great player. Um, I like his fit with the Thunder. Um, my player comp for him is actually Chris Middleton. Okay. Um, just someone who could, someone who could play. I mean, I'm, I'm not saying that he will be at Chris Middleton's level. I'm saying that that's just kind of what his game is representing. Um, yeah. But I mean, yeah, I think he, he is, he almost shoots 41% from three, 83% from the free throw line. He's someone who could get around defenders with his quickness. Um, I mean, he's always just heads on a swivel all the time. Uh-huh. And he sees the floor just, just like an NBA player would. I think he uh-huh. he is ready um, to be in the league, and I think the Thunder will will really like him and what yeah. he'll turn out to be. Yeah, for sure. And so our picks, eleven and twelve, are flip flopped, and I have the Thunder taking AJ Griffin, the six foot six six foot six wing from Duke. Um, and I think at this point they're going to go best available just because they, dude, they the Thunder. If if AJ Griffin can fall to twelve, the Thunder are going to be dangerous i mean mm-hmm. just immediately plugging him in there with all those guys with shay and giddy and trey man lou dort maybe chet too chet or Paolo, yeah. that's what it's going to be who knows he might team back up with his teammate just aj griffin is going to come in there and he's going to be just that shooter from the from the thunder i mean he doesn't have to play a whole lot of night just come in and knock down threes and just be be that guy off the bench that can come in and get um, score in bunches and I think that's something that he could do for the Thunder and one underrated stat about him that a lot of people don't realize is dude he mm-hmm. shot 48% from three that is unheard of like that's yeah unheard of 48% from three and that's that's insane and just he did he come in and get buckets and you were kind of saying that too and that's that's just what the, his role for the Thunder. That's because there. I had a few guys in this draft that were like my favorite fits. Just if they go here, they're my favorite fits. And I think so far it would easily be AJ Griffin. I love Jalen Duran's fit if he goes to Washington, and then um, Shaden Sharp and um, Jabari, obviously at one. There's those are some of the best fit guys. And I think if the Thunder can get AJ Griffin they I mean their future already should look nice with how many first round picks they have but oh yeah dude that's that would be elite if they could land him yeah I agree um at 13 I have the Charlotte Hornets selecting uh Jeremy Sokran out of Baylor um I just think that they need just some more depth at the forward position um He's an Oklahoma native like I am. I yeah. think he's he's a a someone who could play basically all five positions. I mean, he's literally he's someone who is gifted with his athletic talents. Um, he's very very versatile. He could basically um, be utilized as like someone who could guard the pick and roll extremely well um he kind of reminds me of Kyle Kuzma just his size and 
yeah his, uh, <laughs> that bleached his, blonde hair too yeah both the yeah both with bleached blonde hair um and i think they both are are good scorers i mean he's kind of the same in the same boat kyle kuzma was um come out of college just um they weren't weren't thinking him being like this top top prospect but i mean he's up there he could shoot extremely well um he kind of struggled at the free throw line though which kind of it's not a great sight um especially whenever you're trying to get drafted is whenever you shoot 58 percent from the free throw line that's never a good sight but um that's something that the hornets can work on in the offseason if they draft him here yeah and i completely agree and i actually have him coming in a few picks um he may or may not be going to the same team that you just picked him at at 13 but at 13 I have the Hornets selecting Mark Williams the seven foot center from Duke and I feel like immediately the thing the story of the offseason the story of this past few weeks everyone heard Montrez Harrell caught with three bound three pounds of pot on him in his car Mm -hmm. or whatever it was dude Montrez is out the door he's not going to play there anymore um and I think Miles Bridges as well Dude, after getting caught with the walk on his Instagram story, dude, I yeah. I think he's gone too. Um, although I he plays really well with LaMelo and he's a walking highlight reel. I just, I don't know, man. I don't see um, him. I kind of see him and Montrez out the door. Regardless, one of them will be gone. And I think if only one of them is going to be gone, it's going to be Montrez Harrell because he's proven that dude. he just can't defend. Yeah. He can't defend. And that's what I think about Montrez. So I think bringing in Mark Williams, just that immediately that he would be the starting center over Mason Plumley, in my opinion, just bringing him in. And he's one of my favorite players of the draft, just because dude, he, when he punches it, he punches it. Like he's like mad at the rim. Like he, yeah. Dude, he's athletic, and I, in my opinion, he's the best center in this – not the best center, the second-best center in this draft. He's not better than Chet, but I think he's better than Jalen Duren, and I think his fit with LaMelo would be really nice. Just LaMelo having another rim runner that would dunk everything would be extremely nice, and he's going to – he yeah. can move He can move on defense, so he wouldn't be a liability in the pick and roll and just his ability to block shots on the ball or as a help side defender because of his defensive awareness would be something very good for the Charlotte Hornets. Yeah, I, I agree with you for sure. Um, but moving on to the 14th pick, I have the Cavs taking uh, Tari Eason out of LSU. I think this mm-hmm. is kind of a, kind of a reach um, but it is a position that the Cavaliers need. They just kind of need that help at the three. And this is someone who, I mean, they love their defenders out there because, I mean, they're two guards. Yeah, Sexton can guard, but um, Garland's a little on the smaller end, so he's kind of a liability on the defensive end. So adding another defensive threat uh, back there, just kind of being that enforcer who won't back down from anybody. Um, he reminds me a lot of the Morris Twins. Who, I mean, they could he could shoot the ball decently well, um, which just adds in a lot of spacing. But then also in the defensive end, he'll get under skin and he'll lock up the best player. And we kind of saw that at LSU. He would lock up anyone and everyone, it seemed like. Absolutely. So, yeah, with my 14th overall pick, 
I have the Cleveland Cavs selecting a player that you had going a few picks before, but it's Ochai Abaji, the six foot four guard national champion from KU. And mm-hmm. I feel like this, the Cavs, they, they need that wing. Um, kind of looking at their roster now, obviously they have DG and they have Mobley and Jared Allen. That's their big three at this point, because who knows what's going to happen with young boy, you know, who knows if he's going to be there or not next year. Um, I think in having Abaji come in for a team, dude, they were it for some parts of the season, it looked like they were going to have home court in the playoffs. Yeah. So this is a team coming in who they, I mean, and, and they have Levert. So it, this is a mm-hmm. team coming in that they don't need as much as people may think, because the narrative after LeBron left is just that the Cavs suck and they have been bad, but this past season, they turned it around and bringing in Abaji, just a winner that's going to come in and just be that three and D that the Cavs, the Cavs need. And he's one of the, another one of those guys that I just love first team all fit for my mock drafts. Abaji is mm-hmm. right there. Um, yeah. He's, he's, he's going to lock down. I mean, he's known as one of the best defenders in the big 12. He can guard, I mean, one through three, and he's going to bring hustle. He's going to bring a winning attitude, and he's just going to be a guy that can come in for the Cavs, score in a lot of ways, whether that's knocking down catch-and-shoot threes um, or a little bit of in-between game. But I want to see him get a little bit better at finishing around the cup, but that's going to come. Mm-hmm. He's, he's not going to be asked to do a whole lot for the Cavs just because they kind of have their big three, but he's going to come in and um, – I feel like just that winning attitude and that three and D of I'm going to play my role and I'm going to do what it takes to make my team win is going to be nice for the Cavs. Uh, yeah. Um, so moving on to our last pick before we go to our break, um, I have the Hornets actually kind of just like your pick at 13. I have them taking Mark Williams here. I have them. Uh, you kind of hit. Um, Hit it right on the head. Basically, they need another center. Um, I feel like their two big guys are either going to move this offseason or just aren't going to be there. And um, I'm going to kind of give my player comparison of Mark Williams just because that you kind of already talked about him um, briefly and talked about his fit and all that stuff. So I think he plays a lot like Clint Capella, just someone who could – he's a lob threat. He could play alongside mm-hmm. someone who could dish the ball. So I think him – Alongside Lamella Ball will be really fun to watch. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's my number fifteen pick for the Hornets. Yeah, dude. So our Charlotte Hornets, <clears throat> if if we were the GMs, they would look the exact same because your thirteenth pick is my fifteenth, and my fifteenth <laughs> is your thirteenth. So I have the Hornets yeah. taking Sokan from Baylor, the six nine mm-hmm. forward, and dude, just he is the definition of a pest. Because I remember sitting down here in the same room I'm recording, we were watching um, the Baylor UNC game. And I just remember mm-hmm. my brother saying, dude, so can is just so annoying. Like he is so annoying and he is just yeah. an absolute pest. I don't like Jeremy. So but he doesn't care. You don't like him because he knows he is that role of a pest. I mean, yeah. just his, his potential and ceiling for growing so many different of his skills is just something that's so intriguing for the Hornets, just being able to pair him and Mark Williams coming in I mean he's going to defend any position he'll do oh yeah whatever you ask of him um I mean he's going to go finish at the cup and 
he's going to rebound and in open spaces, he can play make a little bit. If he's running in transition, he's going to make the right decision. Just kind of having that guard instinct in him and just his bag of moves and a little turnaround in his bag. I, I really like Jeremy Sokan. Just his game is nice. And his pro comp, I think he compared himself to this player um, on that one video where you hear all the prospects talking about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, this, he gave a few players, but the player that I really like the player comparison to is Draymond Green. Just he okay. is, I'm going to go young Draymond Green though, because I want to see Sokan develop his offensive game. Um, yeah. he's, co- he's confident in a whole lot different of his skills. He knows his role of a pest, but he can also um, play make at that forward spot. So I have Sokan going 15 to the Hornets, and that's going to take us into our first break. All right, I'm going to take us out of the break here um, with my 16th pick. Um, I have the Atlanta Hawks taking Johnny Davis. He's someone that you had going a little higher on your draft. Um, But here, I really like him. I really liked um, that he could kind of shoot at will. Um, I feel like where the game's going now is just everyone needs to be able to shoot the three. I think that's someone that – you know, there's just it's some really good to have, especially whenever you have someone like Trey Young who is um, he could drive, he could shoot the three like super deep. So just providing spacing for him to work offensively is kind of what I think the Hawks will look for at the 16th pick. Um, I also don't really think that they're looking for a huge piece. I know everyone in the first round is going to try to find someone to um, to use eventually. But for now, I don't really see. Um, them looking for anything in particular here. Um, so I just think they're going to take the best available. And with my big board, I have Johnny Davis kind of falling to 16. Okay, cool. And at 16, I have a guy that you had going a few picks before. I have them taking Tari Easton, the six foot eight forward from LSU. So I think bringing him in is going to bring the Hawks some much needed defense because just like that other guy that went two, fit, two picks, before Trey Young in that draft, they both, him and Luca both, they kind of need um, a lot of defensive help just because they're not the best defenders themselves. And I think that bringing him in is going to just immediately, you're going to see a difference in that Hawks defense as he's going to be a part of that rotation. And he's going to come in and he's going to be able to guard multiple positions. He's going to bring hustle with his nice motor. And I mean, he's going to be able to knock down shots too. Dude, I was watching little bit some of his highlights dude like just if he was hitting like some nasty threes off the dribble and like bringing the yeah. ball up I was like dang okay like I see you um and who knows this pick might be them moving if they want to move on from John Collins because I feel like the past two off seasons and even during the season John Collins is always in trade talks even though he is that he is that second guy for that Hawks team he was that second guy that helped them get to the Eastern Conference Finals all, even mm-hmm. though he is always in trade talks, which is kind of strange to me. Um, who knows? There might be something going on behind the scenes there because there always is. But, yeah, I think he'd be a great fit with the Hawks and just his ability to handle the ball a little bit, just like John Collins, and just be comfortable in an offensive setting while also being able to defend is something that I really see in him. Yeah. And uh, with this next pick, um, I just 
now that I'm looking at it, I think I'm going to switch. Yeah. Uh, but for the Rockets, I really don't see them having any need to draft at this position. So I could see them moving this pick as well. Um, but I have them taking Usman Dieng out of France, the guard forward. Um, I think that he's a, a decent player. He could um, shoot the ball just like I feel like every single uh, international player can do. What yeah. It seems like is every player that comes over, they could shoot the ball better than everyone else. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, he has good size for his position. He's literally 6'9 and can play the guard, shooting guard position. So, I mean, that's always good to have. Um, but, I mean, he kind of lacks on – his ball handling a little bit um he's only 19 so i mean that gives him a lot of upside um but at the same time he's uh likes going to his left a lot that's something that i saw all the time whenever um i was watching a little bit of his film he would go to the left almost every single time um so part of me thinks that people will pick that out and uh might limit his game a little bit but also that might also be something he's working on now before the draft so yeah um I like him going I like him going number 17 to the Rockets if they take this pick I think they'll just take the best available I think that's Mm -hmm. Usman Dieng dude you hit that right on the head um because I also have Usman Dieng going there I just because a lot some people have him really high on their big boards um at this point just because the Rockets already they already had um they already had their pick at um at two so I mean they already had their the guy that they wanted um oh three excuse me they had their pick at three I mean they got they got Paolo or Chet they're either getting one of them and then bringing in Usman Diang I think just that this is a I think that this is a low risk high reward type pick Mm -hmm. just because it's at 17 it's outside the lottery um they already had a first round pick and I believe they have another first round pick later in the first yeah they have they pick again yeah. at 26 because they yeah. just got that pick in the wood trade. So this is a low risk, high reward type pick. I mean, I don't think he's going to bring a whole lot immediately, but I think he'd be a guy that's a part of the rotation, just that big forward that can handle the ball and play, make a little bit and find his teammates. Um, his game is just overall, I feel like it's pretty smooth. I mean, he's not going to come in and knock down a whole lot of shots, but I mean, he has a smooth handle he can guard multiple positions and who yeah. knows, maybe he'll add a little bit of a pull-up J somewhere in there. And I mean, him, offense... being, him being 6'9 at the guard position, like he, yeah, he'll be able to yeah. defend really well. But like your boy Poku, man, demigod. He is a demigod. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, moving on to the 18th pick, um, I have the Bulls just kind of taking best available here. And I think Ty Ty Washington is the best available out of Kentucky. Uh, the six, three point guard, he's um, not, he's not very athletic, but he's um, pretty quick. He has good strength for his size. And then his passing is, is kind of, de- it's decent. His jump shots there. Um, he really reminds me of Kobe White. And I mean, the Bulls already have Kobe White. So it's like, I don't really know. I just feel like he's the best available at this position. Um, and I kind of think they need some point guard help. Uh, they don't really have an outstanding guy. And so I think Ty Ty could actually turn out to be one of those guys. I mean, this is kind of like, like you said, for the last pick, this is a low risk, high reward, getting him at 18. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I like, I like Ty Ty going here. Yeah. 
And so at my 18, I have the Chicago Bulls bringing in the three and the three and D, the three and D two guard from Santa Clara, Jalen Williams. Um, okay. I think just that he's going to be an extremely nice piece to just come off the bench and knock down shots and just kind of just have not, I wouldn't say a limited role, but not have too much asked of him. I mean, a guy, Hey Jalen, we want you to come in. We want you to knock down shots. We want you to bring um, effort defensively and just try hard and do the best you can defensively. Um, I feel like that would be perfect for him um, just because he's not going to be a guy who necessarily is going to lock up immediately just because I don't feel like he's, the quickest of guards, but I feel like just, I mean, he's 6'6", add some lateral quickness during the off seasons and really develop your defense because the three-point jumper's there. He's going to come in and knock down threes off the catch. And I mean, occasionally off the dribble too. And I mean, I feel like curling off of screens and hitting some um, pull-up J's and maybe some uh, floaters. That is something that he could do as well. And he would be a nice fit um, in Chicago as they, we kind of saw them at the end of the year, just everyone started to get banged up. But them, too, they were the one seed for a while in the East. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, so moving on to the 19th pick, it's the Minnesota Timberwolves. And I have them taking the 6-4 shooting guard slash small forward and Jaden Hardy. Um, this is someone who could – shoot pretty well he um can finish through contact at um a very high level i believe he could score all three levels um he could finish with either side he has the ability to throw down big dunks um and him coming out of the g league he's already kind of playing professionals so um i think he's nba ready uh he can he's a he's a good defender he disrupts a lot of the pass lanes um just because he's super super quick so um yeah, his playmaking abilities up there too. So I think this is a good pick. This is another low risk, high reward type pick at 19. Um, but I like his fit with the T Wolves. He can add just some some more bench depth, and who knows, maybe he can uh, develop into a nice little star. Yeah, and be a guy that can kind of just come in for them and be another guy that can light up the scoreboard. I mean, dude, he was yeah. uh, a, a top prospect in high school. I mean, he was right there. Mm-hmm um with Chet and he decided to go play um professionally and develop his game that way and yeah I think he'd be an excellent fit um for the T-Wolves but I have the T-Wolves taking EJ Liddell the 6'7 power forward from Ohio State yeah um I think just watching him from the past two seasons I really saw his development um he went from a guy who was shooting the occasional three, but banging down low a lot to the guy that's banging down low a lot and also shooting a good amount of threes. And just at his size, that's what he had to, had to do. He wasn't going to – he was too a little too small to be playing down low 100% of the time. And I think that his available availability to stretch the floor is something that the T-Wolves would – that would um, – they would really um, benefit from because kind of looking at their depth chart, um, they got Bev, they got D'Lo, Anthony Edwards, and Towns kind of as their best guys. And then Jared Vanderbilt's their four, but I think EJ Liddell provides them with much needed depth at that four position. And he, he would do great because I mean, he'd come in and he'd be able to knock down some threes, but also um, post up a little bit, turn and face, knock down a little, 
um, mid-range Jay. And also, I mean, he's going to work defensively, block some shots, and just be that with his strong frame. Even though he's a little undersized, his strong frame and his strength allows him to battle with those fours and maybe even sometimes fives and just protect the rim a little bit along with pounds. Oh, yeah. Um, so, number 20 pick uh, for the San Antonio Spurs, who have another draft pick in this first round. Um, I'm going with Jalen Williams out of Santa Clara. You talked about him earlier. He's a sure. shooting guard with a big frame, 6'6", 210. Um, he's a 7'2", wingspan. And one thing that I really like about him is going into his uh, junior year, he was shooting 27% from the three-point line. His junior season, he shot 41. So whenever you, you have that big of a jump um, in your perimeter shooting, like that's always great to see. Um, he is on a little bit on the older side, but um, I like him. I like his mechanics. He's a hard worker, as you can tell. I mean, once you go from 27 to 41 and shooting, that tells you you're in the gym Hours. all the time. Hours, just trying to get that up. And it, I really like that. Um, yeah, like I said, he's he's a he's a big wing. He could play probably that small forward position as well, being 6'6". So um, that's someone just to add some more depth to the Spurs, play alongside um, those two young stars that they have there, Kelvin Johnson and Jonte Murray. Um, I also had the Spurs take another shooting guard earlier, um, which uh, I don't really, I don't really think it matters too much, considering that this guy is six six and he could play that small four position. So um, if we were saying, oh, he develops quick enough to throw him in the starting lineup he could play that three position and Keldon Johnson mm -hmm. can move to that four and they can play kind of a little bit of small ball but um I really like him I think he will be a a good guy and a great pick for the Spurs mm -hmm. and now that um I am going on with the Spurs pick I'm going with the guy just because I feel like their lack of international guys is a little bit um uncharacteristic of the Spurs right now and I'm going to have them taking Nikola Jovic from Serbia yeah I think he, yeah he's from Serbia um he although he's a little raw um he can handle the rock and he can play make at that forward position just like I feel like when you're talking about a lot of guys coming from overseas so many of them are like six eight six nine but they can play make that's kind of what we're seeing yeah. with Jovic I mean he can pass I mean and, this guy's almost Go ahead. He's almost seven foot. This dude's yeah. almost seven foot playing the three. Mm -hmm. like that's that is crazy. Which is really good size and just I mean he's nineteen years old. He has time to develop in that Spurs system. With and they yeah. would develop him. I'm fully confident that they would develop him really well. And the fact that he can run um, the pick and roll as the ball handler at his size is something very intriguing. I mean, coming off the bench just having you can never have too many guys that can handle the rock and create and Jovic can do that and just having him come off the bench um in a limited role early would be something that I mean would really fit with him I mean he passes the rock well he'd be another guy that just in transition he's going to make the right decision whether that's go score or find a cutting teammate and I feel like he'd be a intriguing fit with the Spurs yeah and as ironic as it is with the 21st pick, the uh, Nuggets, I have them taking Nikola Jovic. Um, uh, the reason why I say it's ironic, because obviously 
probably the best player in basketball this past year was <laughs> Nikola Jokic for the Nuggets. So I have them taking uh, his brother. And his long-lost brother. Um, but yeah, like you, his long-lost brother. Yeah, I have them playing alongside each other. Um, but this is another low-risk, high-reward. Um, but like you were saying, he has a high IQ in the basketball game. Um, he's kind of versatile. He's a big frame for a shooting guard such small forward. Like, he's literally seven foot. Like, he could shoot the ball pretty well. He could probably play all five positions if they really, really needed him to. Um, the only thing that I don't really like about him is that he is not very big. Um, he seems pretty slim out there, which, um, I'm sure that he'll bulk up by the time the season starts. But, um, as for now, yeah, I'm sticking with him at 21 as a low risk, high reward type pick. Yeah. And I feel like, um, it's the complete opposite pick of the one that they made a few years ago with the number 13 spot when they took MPJ, because that was a very high Mm -hmm. risk, high reward pick. And this completely differs from that. And dude, I just, I so off topic, but dude, I, I don't want to see MPJ's career go down the drain because his back is so messed up. It stinks. Yeah. It really does. I think yeah, Jovic. It, it, it sucks. How funny would that be if Jovic and Jokic were teammates? That would be, that would be so funny. Um, yeah. It would but be. At, at 21, I have, the Nuggets taking Kendall Brown. We saw his teammate go um, a few picks before with SoCan, and now he's having a teammate play um, in the opposite conference of them, get to meet twice a year. And I think mm-hmm. that Kendall Brown is just going to come in for the Nuggets and just be a guy that's going to come off the bench and that's going to defend. And then on offense, kind of run and transition, go finish above the rim and just be a reliable scorer and that asset. I mean, come in, score eight points, and just be a guy that I feel like Denver loves those guys who just know how to play. And Kendall Brown knows how to play. I mean, at the forward position, he's a good passer, and he can guard multiple positions. So kind of just bringing that in, bringing in a guy that can just come in, move without the ball, get open layups, and just be an energy guy off the bench would be very nice. And not to mention that, I mean, he can pop out and shoot some catch and shoot threes. So I think Kendall Brown um, would fit in immediately in Denver, kind of just looking at their wing depth. It's definitely something that's a little thin because when when you talk about MPJ, he's always hurt. So you you can't rely on Michael Porter Jr. to stay healthy. And I mean, they have Jeff Green, whether you want to consider him a three or four, and that's about it. I mean, they don't have many other wings. So he bringing him in brings them immediate needed wing depth that they need to address either in the draft or in free agency. So just bringing in another wing was something that they had to do. And he's not going to get asked to do too much defensively. He's going to be able to develop his um, defensive game and hopefully – he'll able to develop the jumper a little bit too. So I have Kendall Brown going at 21 to the Nuggets. Uh, For my 22nd pick, um, the Memphis Grizzlies, I have them taking Jalen Williams out of Arkansas. Um, I really like his game. He was super, super fun to watch in the tournament. Yeah, Um, it was. It seemed like he was basically him and J.D. Note were the two guys that basically 
anchored that team and he showed it on both sides of the ball. Um, he could finish over the rim. He could shoot from the uh, top of the key. He um, could develop just a little bit of a shot just um, um, on the perimeter just a little bit, but um, I really like his game. I think this is another low risk, high reward since you're getting him in the twenties. Um, but I really like him. He's 20 years old. He's not super old. Um, great athlete, plays defense. He hustles a lot. He's an overall winner. Um, so I like him going to the Grizzlies here. I think it's a good fit considering that you can never trust uh, 3J to stay in the game because he is always battling foul trouble. So I think this is another power forward you can throw in the mix. Kid play defense just as well as him. So, um, yeah, I think this is a great elite defender to take at 22 for the Grizzlies. Yeah, and the Grizzlies are a team that they, they're they already so proven without a John Morant injury. Who knows? They could have been that team um, that was playing last night. Who knows? No one knows what could have happened if that John Morant injury didn't happen. And I'm going to go with a guy that could have helped um, with that uh, John Morant injury, although they do have Tyus coming off the bench. I'm pretty certain that Tyus Jones is a free agent. And I have them taking a guy that I had him falling a good amount further than you. And I would be surprised if he falls this fall. But I think this is he's another first team all fit guy. I have Ty Ty Washington from Kentucky going to the Grizzlies. Just being able to okay. be that guy, come off the bench for the Grizzlies. Um, he can create for him himself and his teammates. And he's that guy that can just come off the bench and get buckets. Those are the that role for teams is one of the most fun roles to watch because it's they're in there to score guys like, yeah. I mean, I mean, Spencer Dinwiddie and just Peyton Pritchard, just those type of guys that are coming off the bench and they're in there to score. They're not going to, they're not asked to do much more than just score. And I think Ty Ty would be able to do that, but also he has an underrated ability to facilitate. Um, he's going to come in, he's going to knock down some threes, but also he can get to the mid range and knock down floaters, knock down pull up J's. And I think he's going to be he's going to be nice for them. If the Grizzlies could land Ty Ty, that would be um, one of my favorite picks in the draft so far. Yeah, I think that's, a, question, that's a good pick. The question is, if will he will will he fall that far? Will he fall? Yeah. Will he fall that far? Um, so here at um, the 23rd pick, um, I have the Philadelphia 76ers taking Patrick Baldwin out of Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Um, he's a small forward, power forward, who might be the second best shooter in the uh, this draft class. He is an, just an absolute flamethrower, which I think adding him on the Sixers team alongside um, Joel Embiid will be just like a nice little fit. Um, he can kind of play that Tobias Harris role um, if um, just someone to add on off the bench if uh, Harris needs a breather. Um, so I think this is a good pick for them. I think he uh, can develop really well. Um, he's only 19. So, I mean, I feel like he has a crap ton of potential. And the Sixers, I think they can raise this guy up. And I think he, once he gets coordinated, once he gets um, in the right mindset of just attacking um, and, you know, creating for himself, I think that'll that'll work really well to play with him. And, I mean, he'll probably learn from one of the best 
at creating for himself and James Harden. Yeah. Yeah, and I have them taking a guard who is going to be able to learn from a guy that plays the same position as him. I have the Sixers taking Jaden Hardy, and I feel like his role okay. with them would be something that I'd be very interested in just because I feel like it would be something similar to that of rookie Tyrese Maxey, where it's just come in off the bench, um, maybe run the second unit a little bit, but go score. And they have developed Maxey's game really well, and if they can develop Jaden Hardy's game like they've developed Maxey, that would let that would allow them to move on from Harden which ultimately may need to be done here soon because he's asking for a whole lot of money. I think, I don't think they want to sign him long-term. I think if they can, they want to sign him to big money, but for short term, but Harden, that's not something he'd want to do. So I think getting Jaden Hardy at this spot and hoping that he develops really well, like we saw in high school and saw him in his limited amount of playing professional in the G league, would be something really good for the Sixer. Come in, get buckets, knock down shots, and handle the ball a little bit. So that's where I have Jaden Hardy go. He's not gonna he's not gonna be an elite defender, but he's gonna try, and he's gonna be a guy that his player development is going to be very interesting because he was a top prospect coming out of um, coming out of high school. So who knows? Jaden mm-hmm. Hardy might be one of those guys that you see. We kind of always. There's a guy every year that falls into the 2030 range and then he just flat out balls. And that's yeah. last year we saw that with Bones. And who knows? Maybe we'll see that this year with Jaden Hardy. Yeah. And moving on to the 24th pick, um, the Milwaukee Bucks. I have them taking Max Crystal, the shooting guard out of Michigan State. Um, this is someone who is just a he's just a shooter, just provides more spacing for Giannis. Um, this is another low risk, high reward pick. Um, this guy, um, just at this website I'm looking at, he the player comparison is Landry Shamit, which just another shooter on the team. You can never have too many shooters. Um, but Agreed. one thing that I do not like about him, um, he needs to fill out his frame just a little bit. Um, he needs to get stronger. Um, he doesn't really have the physical attributes that you might want playing alongside Giannis as being like a bruiser, but um, he's gifted athletically. He can jump out the gym. He has good size for his position. He's 6'5". Um, but yeah, I just think that he's um, needs to work on his playmaking, his facilitating, and then fill out his frame and get a little bulkier. And yeah. I think this will be a, this will be a good pick for them. Absolutely. Yeah. Bringing in, um, Another shooter for the Bucks would definitely be something that would help. And I'm bringing in a guy that can also shoot the three a little bit, but I'm having a guy that he's going to come in and be that second, second or third point guard for the Bucks. I have them taking Kennedy Chandler, the six foot guard um, from Tennessee. Ultimately, what I kind of had down for him in my notes is just to be that secondary ball handler for the Bucks. That secondary or third ball handler, he's going to come in, he can run the show a little bit and just playmake because he's going to have guys around him that are proven winners. I mean, he has, he's going to hopefully have a little more shooters around him. He's going to have one of the most dominant players to ever play the game in Giannis Antetokounmpo. He's going to have a big man that can stretch the floor in Brooke Lopez. And they're also going to have a four that can stretch the floor in Bobby Portis, if they can somehow bring him back. So plugging Kennedy Chandler in immediately 
with this team, I think would be extremely nice. Just already having, I mean, he, Drew can handle the ball, show him how to play a little bit, show him how to be a two-way guard. Um, would be something that would be nice because him standing at just six foot, he's going to be a guy that he's not going to come in and be the best defender because those guards that are six foot and below, they're always going to try to get the switches onto him um, when he's in that second unit. And those, those opposing stars in the East are going to try to get that switch onto Kennedy Chandler. Um, but he hopefully he can learn a lot from Drew and just use his um, IQ as a defender to hopefully translate into some skill and a little bit more feel for the game defensively. But yeah, he's going to come in. He's going to be a facilitator for Milwaukee. And he's also, he can, I mean, get to his shots in the mid range, whether that's a three or just a little mid range pull up J and get buckets from there. So yeah, I think he would be very nice. And also he can knock down that catch and shoot three when needed. So Kennedy Chandler to the bucks, they're getting that young point guard that they can bring off the bench in the future for their playoff runs. Yeah. And um, I like Kennedy Chandler. I have him just a little further down on my list, but um, he's on there. And for my 25th pick, the Spurs, I have them taking a guy who I am kind of high on. I think he could go a little higher than this. Um, just a little bit just based off the shooting um, alone. I think a lot of players are looking for shooters just to fill out their um, just some more role players to add more depth on their bench. Um, but I have Caleb Houston, the shooting guard out of Michigan. He's a six, eight forward and shooting guard who could shoot lights out. He has good size. He's athletic. Um, he's young. He's only 19. He's literally born in 03, which is crazy to think about. That is um, so he's weird. He's a three and D guy who, yeah, yeah, it is really weird, but yeah, he's a three and D guy who, uh, he had a great feel for the game and he, has he plays with great energy and he just hustles a lot um that's what I like about him I just like whenever you're you're looking for guys just to fill out your rotation and um find guys at the end of the draft you kind of want guys that are willing to try and willing to win and willing to do give it their all every every single game and this is what um Caleb Houston does he's super super energetic and I really really like that about him yeah and so with their third pick in the first round, which is crazy mm -hmm. talking about the San Antonio Spurs, because yeah. we are so used to them just picking at back when they would, they would pick at like 28, just they were always at the top of the league. So having them have um, multiple first round picks is something a little unheard of, but I have them taking Blake Wesley from Notre Dame, having another guard come in and be able to handle the rock. Just like I said earlier, can't have too many ball handlers. So bringing in Blake Wesley, I feel like immediately, He's just going to be able to come in, handle the rock, um, facilitate a little bit, but more just kind of get to the bucket, go score around the rim, and also hopefully develop a little bit more of a three-point shot, become a reliable shooter, which if you're a guard in the NBA, you have to be able to shoot. And I'm not saying he's a bad shooter. He is a respectable shooter, but he's not just at that elite level yet. But who knows? Maybe he can get there. I mean, he's, he's going to come in. He's going to be – willing to just fill his role in Pop's offense while also just being a guy that can go finish at the rim and just be that nice point guard off the bench, be that nice one or two off the bench for them. Just a guy that can come in and get some buckets. Yeah. And 
moving on to another team that has a lot of picks this draft is the Houston Rockets. I have them taking uh, Walker Kessler, the center out of Auburn. Um, I just think with their loss of um, Christian Wood, they just need someone to fill that center position. So um, this is just someone to add some more depth um, over on that end uh, after either they take uh, one of the two power forwards or centers and Chet or Paolo, they'll take one of them. They can run that guy at the four. You have Shangoon there. You just lost Christian Woods. You bring in another center here. Um, I kind of like this pick just because, I mean, this guy, he's he went from a uh, – he's a sophomore. His freshman year, he only averaged four points per game. Then he jumped that up to 11 points per game. And so that's a – Yeah, man. Um, that's a pretty decent jump, especially in college, is to make that jump. He's very good banging down low. Um, he can shoot those inside shots. He's got a hook. Um, but, I mean, he has quick feet for a seven-footer, and that's yeah. what I kind of like about him. Um, my only thing is he can't really defend the perimeter. So I think mm-hmm. that, that a lot of people will kind of um, aim for a switch on him and – those guards will just have a heyday with him on them. So yeah, man. Um, that's that's my biggest thing is um, he's not very um, good defensively, especially on the perimeter. So, um, but a guy like him, I think this is a good a good late round pick for the Rockets, especially to fill a gap that they had just lost. Yeah, I have them actually taking another center. I have them taking Christian Coloco, and pretty much you filled in exactly why. Um, center would be a smart pick here just because whether they go Chet or Paolo if because it like in my situation they don't go they don't get Chet they get Paolo yeah so bringing mm-hmm. able to bring in a center to be back up now that they lost Christian Wood they'll be rolling with Shangun. Um, I feel like getting Christian Coloco at 26 would just be something so nice because just like a big that they had forever with Clint Capella he can just come in and just boom lobs like he he dunks the ball so hard and just he finishes so nicely around the rim. That's just yep. one thing that we really saw from him there at Arizona. Is he finishes nice around the rim, but also he's going to protect the rim with everything he has. Just the way that he blocks shots is something that's just like, dang, just because he's so athletic and he can just, whether he's playing and he's like, whatever, he's playing and help in the middle of the lane and the guy's cutting to the basket come play help side just because he's so athletic and just come pin it or even in the pick and roll gets blown by by a guard he just has the chase down speed to go get that and go pin it against the glass so I think Coloco in Houston would be something very nice and I just like I think I like him better as a prospect just because um, he's more athletic and a better finisher in my opinion than Walker Kessler is Um, Mm -hmm. I just think that Kessler, yes, Kessler's the better shot blocker. He was probably the best shot blocker in the country last season with him and Jabari at the four and five at Auburn. And um, I just think Coloco would be the best option for Houston just because he's, although Kessler can be a lob threat too, I just think that Coloco's a little bit better finisher around the rim. Um, He has more defensive versatility. And I think overall, um, I see him being a little bit better than Walker Kessler, but Walker Kessler's coming here in a little bit in my mind. Yeah. Uh, so moving on to the 27th pick, um, the Miami Heat. I have them taking a guy that you um, have him going a little higher and Kennedy Chandler, the point guard from Tennessee. You kind of talked about him just a little bit, but um, 
he's just a super, super quick guy. And um, I mean, they were running Max Struess out there at the point guard for a majority of the uh, playoffs. So I think they kind of need some more depth at the point guard position. So I think this is a good guy. Just throw him out there. He's quick. He can get to the basket. Um, one thing he kind of lacks finishing, but he does make up with it with his shooting ability. Um, he could shoot, which Miami loves their shooters. Um, mm-hmm. So I I like this guy a lot. Um, he's a good defender on and off the ball. Um, and, I mean, he adjusts his game to the flow of the game. So I really like that. And playing alongside someone like that's slow and kind of doesn't really pick the pace up too much. And Jimmy Butler, I like this guy. He can run out quick, and maybe he can throw some lobs to Bam out of bio. So I think this will kind of be fun to watch, just him being that slasher. Mm-hmm. So yeah, at 27, yeah, I have – Teammates going back to back. I have Daylon Terry, the six foot seven um, wing from Arizona. I think that bringing him he- bring him into Miami and learning from Jimmy Jimmy Butler would be so beneficial for him because I mean he's already an all defensive player. We saw him be one of on one of the all defensive teams in the Pac twelve, um, and he gives his all on defense. He has a great feel whether he's playing on ball or off the ball defense, he has a great feel for what he needs to do, um, whether he needs to go help, um, intercepting passes, just doing the little things defensively and just having that really nice feel for the game is something that I think Miami fans would learn to love about Dalen Terry. Um, He also, I mean, he has a good handle. He can score a little bit offensively, but he, we didn't see a whole lot of that from him at, at Arizona. He averaged eight points a game but he can also shoot the three a little bit. We saw him average 36% from three, and most of those, it was just um, spot-up threes, just catch and shoot, go spot up. Um, That's what we saw from him. So I think he'd develop his shooting just a little bit more and have that nice defense. Just having another three and D wing on the heat would be very nice. Oh, yeah, big time. All right, so now we get to the World Champs Warriors at the 28th pick. Um, I had them going with a guy that just has a crap ton of upside. Um, They already got a center that's kind of iffy right now in James Wiseman, but I have them taking John Butler out of Florida State. Um, This guy, he's just – he's a big dude. He's standing at 7'1", but he's also – he only – only weighs, I think, like 180 or 175, something like that. It's something crazy. But yeah, this guy is very, very solid offensively, and he's a good rim protector. I mean, he's got um, super um, long arms. So, I mean, he's very agile, can mote. He's super mobile, which is good. Um, can set good screens. He's good in the pick and roll. And that's what you need when you're the Golden State Warriors. You need a someone who could set some good screens, and that's um, that's John Butler for you right there. He's a power forward center that can set good screens, can roll, and can play above the rim. That's when I'm good to play alongside Jordan Poole, who um, can get there, get his own. Steph Curry obviously is going to get his own, like we saw, finals MVP. Clay Thompson shooter right there. So, yeah, it's going to open, open up some space down low. Um, and then just being a, a tall guy down there, he can battle. So I like him. So just a lot of upside, a lot of potential in John Butler. I think the Warriors yeah. will take him at 28. 
Yeah, man. Um, less than a week from today, the Warriors have a chance to bring in um, another guy there. Just having those deals at the end of the first round is something that the Warriors, I mean, they did with, I can't remember exactly what pick Jonathan Kaminga went, but whatever pick he went, he was a steal and a lot of teams passed on him. And I feel like just, oh, never mind. Never mind. Jaming, Kaminga was, I feel like he was, he was actually the seventh overall like pick. Six, I'm tripping. Six or something. Yeah. Or yeah. So may, maybe it was Moses Moody who went later um, in the first round. He went round, later. Yeah. I don't think too much later, but yeah, I think that they just with a chance with them to um, come in and bring in a player at the end of the first round is something that who knows, they could be one of those guys that becomes a household name in Golden State. I have them taking Jake LaRavia, the six foot eight forward from Wake Forest. And the thing that popped out most about him to me, just when watching his highlights and hearing a lot about him, because he was one of the guys that the Mavericks, um, the Mavericks were pretty interested in, I feel like, is Jake LaRavia. Um, he can, I mean, he's, his shooting is just great, just off the catch just flaring out for the Warriors. I could, I could so see him coming in and just being another great shooter off the bench for him and just being able to play his role. Just he's not, he's probably not going to get a whole lot of minutes, but I feel like that's something that he would be okay with just coming in, play his role, um, get easy backdoor cut buckets, come in, knock down shots and give it his all defensively. I think that's all they'd ask of him. And I think, that that's literally what he would do. So I think Jake LaRavia would be a great fit there in Oakland. Yeah. So moving on to another team that has a bunch of bunch of picks, it seems like in the Memphis Grizzlies, I have them taking Wendell Moore, the small forward out of Duke. Um, this is someone they just add another slash to their team. He has very good playmaking. He could shoot the ball extremely well. Um, his freshman year, he went from a uh, 21% three-point shooter to a 41%. Um, so, I mean, that's another guy who has shown uh, great ability to improve their game overall. And, I mean, he's only 20 years old. Uh, he turns 21 in September. Uh, he's a, just a young guy. He is, has 6'11 wingspan. Uh, can play above the rim, could score all three levels. He can dunk extremely well. He limits turnovers. Um, he had high, he had a high high school rating, averaged around 13 points per game for Duke. This guy's just an overall good guy, a good player, and I think it's a steal at 29 to get Wendell Moore here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I have the Memphis Grizzlies selecting. Um, their backup center of the future, maybe. And that's Walker Kessler. You talked about him a few minutes ago. Um, just a guy that one of the best rim protectors in the draft pretty much averaged five blocks a game there at Auburn there with the Twin Towers with Jabari Smith. Um, yeah, and you kind of brought it up too, just his improvement from um, his freshman year to his sophomore year, kind of him betting on himself, leaving North Carolina and coming into Auburn, being one of the best teams in the country and really elevating his game, going from four points a game to 11 or 12 points a game, and now four and a half or five blocks. That is huge development, and now getting to play on the biggest stage in the NBA. It's just it's a really cool, it's a cool story, him not getting a ton of touches at UNC to then playing his role perfectly at Auburn and earning, earning, himself, earning himself a spot on draft night in the first round. I mean, you hit it on the head with him. I mean, He's a great shot blocker. He has great size. 
finish a little bit around the bucket, but he is going to be limited. He's going to be attacked on some of those switches and Durant defending on the perimeter. But, I mean, he's going to battle with bigs that try to back him down and do his best to stay in front of him. But, yeah, a little bit of too slow feet for me, but I think that good value there at 29 and Walker Kessler. I agree. Um, and so moving on to our final pick of this episode, um, number 30, uh, going to the Denver Nuggets. Uh, I have them taking EJ Liddell. You talked about him a little bit. Um, he's the small forward power forward out of Ohio State. Um, this is someone who shoots 52% from uh, the field and just around 35% from three. Um, he's a big body who can basically guard all five positions. He plays extremely well. Um, he has great floor awareness, uh, great court vision, can dish the ball. Um, he averaged around four passes per game. Um, got, he's a great shot blocker, got almost around three a game. Averages 19.4 this past season, uh, which is phenomenal for a uh, college player. Um, he's improved athletically, but I think that he could um, kind of get up there in explosiveness. He just needs to um, get just a little quicker just to kind of accommodate for the speed that he's going to see in the NBA. Um, but, I mean, he is up there in age. He's uh, going to be 22 this year. So, I mean, always good to see good players, good old players getting their, their time in the NBA. Um, but, I mean... I think this is a good pick at number 30. I don't think Denver's looking for any gems here or any franchise players here. They're just going to try to find someone who can come in and give them production. I think E.J. Liddell is the player for them. Yeah, I completely agree. And my 30th overall pick, um, I not the only reason, but one of the reasons I kind of put him here is just a safe pick. I guess Caleb Houston had rumors. I heard he just had a first-round promise that whatever, if you're here at this pick, um, and I assume it was at the end of the first round, we're going to take you. And I'm, I'm going to take my guess that it was Denver. And they're going to take Caleb Houston there, just a guy with a pretty high ceiling that can come in and just kind of play that 3-4 position and hopefully be just a guy that can come in and get buckets for them. I don't know a whole lot about Caleb Houston, to be honest. I feel like out of all the players in the draft – I didn't know the most about Caleb Houston, but um, I do know he can he can score a little bit, and I know that his season at um, at Michigan wasn't necessarily what was expected out of him at Mount Verde, but I feel like in his role at Michigan, he kind of just played his role, um, got some limited buckets, wasn't asked to do too much on the offensive end, but I know that he can knock down shots a little bit and maybe be a little bit of a three and D wing for Denver. Yeah, I agree. I think he's, he's a great player and he's someone that I do see going in this first round. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I agree with you. All right. I had one more question. So, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, who is your fit out of all the picks? What pick do you think that this guy is just the best fit? Who would uh, give me your first team all fit? Let's hear it. First team all fit. If mm -hmm. Jaden Ivey goes to the Pistons, I think he's up there. 
Okay. If Jalen Duran goes to the Blazers at seven, I think that's a good fit. Um, hmm. I like AJ Griffin going to the Knicks. So the shooter. I like Jabari Smith going to the Magic. Yeah. Obviously. And then um, whoever the Thunder take, either Paolo or Chet. I think that's that's another guy that I think that I think the Thunder will be good this year, actually. Mm-hmm. I think playoffs? they'll be I think they'll be borderline playoffs. I do. Okay. Personally. Play I think it? they could either yeah, I can see them being the tensity. Okay. They're gonna have um yeah, they'll be in the pan for sure, I think. I think that's okay. Um I know it's it's kinda early in their process, but I still think they can make some uh, transitions this year. I mean they for got sure. they just everyone has to stay healthy. That's the biggest thing. Yeah. They can't have Lindy Waters going out and starting. That's mm-hmm. that's for sure. But yeah. Um other than that, yeah. I think that they okay. can they can make some noise this year. All right. So my first team all fit. I love Jabari in Orlando. Um and then kind of scrolling down, I Dyson Daniels for the Pistons. Just you said um Jaden Ivy for the Pistons. Yeah, Ivy would Obviously, he's the better player of the two, but either way, the Pistons get another ball handler, so I'm going to go there. And then Shaden Sharp in Portland, I really like that pick. Um, Jalen Duran in Washington, just giving Washington a big, letting KP play the four, having a rim protector there. Um, A.J. Griffin to the Thunder, um, just having a shooter there would be elite. And then honestly, I really like SoCan at 15 to Charlotte. I think that his value there would be elite just because he can do so many different things and he has a pretty high ceiling. I'm, I'm really interested to see the player that he comes out to be. And I'll pick one, one more fit and I'll go Coloco to Houston. If they can, that's a great value pick at 26 for a backup center with solid size and athleticism. Yeah, I agree. I think Houston can just use anybody at this point. For sure. They just, they just need players. Yep. They just need players that play and like to stay healthy. That's their biggest thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Yeah, with that close being it out? said, yeah, I'll close this out now. So, yeah, thank you all for listening to our mock draft. This is probably my favorite episode of the year. So, for those of you that made it this far, um, we really appreciate it. Listen to us, listen, listening to us talk about hoops for the past hour and a half, two hours, whatever it was. Um, Regardless, I know that both of us really enjoyed it. Making NBA mock drafts is probably my favorite thing just because growing up, I always did NFL and NBA mock drafts. That's something that um, me and my mom, we always, that's something that we always do is we watch the drafts together. And that's a memory that um, I'll always kind of cherish just getting to make mock drafts and kind of seeing how they line up with the family is just something really fun. So, yeah, with that being said, this has been Coast to Coast, a basketball podcast. Irving and Curry, one on one.